welcome to another edition of the KSL.com Campus Report Podcast. I am your host, Sean Walker, KSL.com beat writer for all things college sports and in particular BYU. You can find us over at KSL.com, sports.ksl.com, BYU.ksl.com, all those little sub pages or whatnot. Or as always, subscribe to the podcast. We're on Apple, we're on Google, we're on Spotify, we're on Stitcher, wherever you want to get a podcast, you can find us. Uh, Go ahead and subscribe, guys. Leave us a rating and review. We'd really, really appreciate it right now, Um, especially during these tough times. COVID-19, the pandemic is everywhere. I know everybody's struggling right now. Um, But we're here. We're going to do this for free. All that I ask is maybe you could go hit the subscribe button. Maybe leave a rating or review. Maybe, please. Uh, to quote Jim Carrey in a uh, movie that shall not be named for copyright uh, purposes, but I'm on my knees in a $5,000 suit. Okay, that's not true. But we are here uh, another week of the podcast from home, the quarantine edition. Um, and I thought I'd jump on here just to kind of look ahead to a special guest interview that I had. Um, somebody that we don't normally have on the podcast. Uh, He's a BYU student athlete. Some of you might have heard of him. Some of you have probably read about him on the pages of KSL.com by the time you're listening to this. Um, But he is, he's not the star quarterback, so no Zach Wilson. He's not TJ Haas or Yoli Childs from the nationally ranked BYU basketball team. Um, But he's a BYU school record holding swimmer, uh, sprinter, in fact, uh, Josue Dominguez. And one thing that Josue has over a lot of these guys and over a lot of, quite frankly, student-athletes, not just at BYU but around the country, is um, he's set to become an Olympian. He's already qualified with the B standard for his native home country of uh, the Dominican Republic to compete in the 2021, now, Summer Games in Tokyo. And so a lot of people... A lot of NCAA student-athletes are going on right now about cancellations and COVID-19, and and certainly our hearts go out to the thousands and thousands of NCAA spring sport athletes who, who just had their seasons canceled um, almost willy-nilly, just at the drop of a hat. Uh, certainly most of them, most uh, or probably even close to all of them, uh, depending on their circumstances, will get to come back for another year, and that's that's certainly great news. We'll follow up more with that. You've heard about that on prior editions of this podcast and whatnot. Um, that wasn't necessarily a concern of Hostways. As I said, he's a swimmer, but NCAA swimmers had everything canceled literally right before the NCAA championships. So there was one BYU swimmer who was set to go. Alas, he will not be going. He's not a senior, fortunately, so he'll have another chance to get back to the NCAA championships. Um, But that wasn't a huge concern for most of the swimming and diving team. What was more of a concern for Josue were the Olympics. Um, And I say that primarily because this isn't the first time that Josue Dominguez has had to uh, furlough or defer his Olympic dream for circumstances that aren't totally within his control. Uh, as we get into in in uh, this upcoming interview, this is actually the second time his Olympic debut has been postponed. Uh, the first time, it was so that he could serve a two-year mission for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints 
uh, he wound up serving in Mexico. And then now, obviously, as a result of the COVID-19 pandemic. So, uh, really great conversation that I had with Josue. I'd like to thank him for sitting down uh, virtually, of course, social distance, distancing and all, and uh, talking to me just for a few minutes about his journey and what it's like having to navigate um, COVID-19 while also going to school online and now looking ahead to the 2021 Summer Games in Tokyo. So with that, this is the KSL.com Campus Report Podcast, and here is BYU swimmer Josue Dominguez. Being joined now on the line by a star if you're really into BYU swimming and diving. I don't know how many people listening to this show are really big into BYU swimming, but I'm sure we've got a couple. Um, And maybe after this show, you'll be a a little bit more fans of the sport because we've got a Josue Dominguez, a uh, sprinter. Um, Josue, you you specialize mostly in the breaststroke, correct? Yes. Okay. So you're mostly the uh, the sprint breast um, stroke leader, I guess we can call you for BYU swimming and diving. Is that fair? Um, maybe I guess. Oh, <laughs> so thanks for joining us for a couple of minutes here on the show because you've got a really interesting story, um, and we're going to get to the really interesting part here in a minute. But can can I start a little bit at the beginning? How did you get into swimming? the way that you did because if if you guys can't tell we're we're doing this whole uh we're doing this whole podcast in in english because i don't want to go back and translate this um i don't know maybe we could talk a little bit in spanish whatever um oh, but, you want? <laughs> <laughs> but in your hometown in the dominican republic um I don't know how big swimming is. It certainly isn't like it's national sport. It's not like a baseball or, or a basketball or even football, soccer, uh, if you will. So how did you kind of get into swimming growing up in the DR? So my cousin, uh, Robert, he was a swimming coach when since I was like really little. And so he told my dad to put me and my brother in a summer camp for swimming like, so we can learn how to swim and stuff. I was around uh, four or five. My brother was around eight. And so we just like did the summer camp and one of the coaches in the summer camp told my dad that uh, me and my brother could like um, make the, to say that way, the kids team. So that's kind of how we started. So we finished our summer camp and just like, go into the into the team and then my coach my cousin left the, the swim, that club to make his own and after a few years when I was around 14 we we go with um, we go to practice with my coach with, with my cousin in his team so, so like most, yeah so so like most athletes on campus you started at a really young age i mean you're four or five years old being thrown into the water for swim lessons and the next thing you know you're you're competing competitively i guess you're swimming competitively yeah. basically like i get to like keep seeing my the guy that like taught me how to swim 
Um, I basically saw him every day when I go back to to my country, and he told me that at the beginning I was really scared of like I knew how to swim, but I was scared of swimming. But now it's like I can I can live without it basically. You say when you go back to your country, back to the Dominican Republic, are you still in Provo right now through all of this kind of quarantines and self isolation and that kind of thing because of COVID nineteen? Yes, I'm still in Provo. Just going to classes online and and working out the best you can, doing a lot of sit ups and crunches. I'm assuming I, I'm pretty sure the pools are all closed down because of yeah, all the, the all the pools are closed. So it's basically doing some like little workouts here in the apartment. Um, you kind of on that note. Your your season gets, can, I guess canceled is the right word. That sounds like a harsh word, but but everything gets thrown in the air, including swimming and diving, but all the sports because of the coronavirus, because of COVID-19. Do you remember um, kind of how you learned that, I guess, that the, that the season was over? Obviously, it was a little further into your season than most other student athletes around the country, but it was still during your season. Do you remember kind of, where you heard and how you found out that that sort of sports were canceled, I guess? Yeah, so for us, we just had one more competition. There was the NCAA championship. And we have a sprint we had we had a sprinter in the team that he qualified for that. So and I was uh, so the top thirtieth goes to that to the NCAA NCAA championship, the top 30 in every, in every event. So I was 37, 36, I think. So I, I was like out for a little bit. And so I was still going to practice because I was preparing for a national championship for my country. And then the coaches just like stopped. And that day, the, the coaches just like told us to. Like the NCAA's were canceled. We were like, oh man, <laughs> this is big news. So uh, we were kind of disappointed, but uh, I think we, we managed it well. It was like, it's all right, we have another year still. So. With that disappointment, was kind of the biggest disappointment maybe for some of the seniors on the team. I know you guys don't have a ton of seniors. You you were a pretty young group, but you did have a few. Was that sort of the biggest disappointment was those seniors who got sort of right up there and, and all of a sudden it was like, okay, well, thanks, I guess. And, and just sort of some of the other senior student athletes and that kind of thing that you knew. So any of our seniors uh, qualify for the NCAA? So they were basically done with their season. So it wasn't that, um, that news wasn't that, like, didn't affect them that much. Obviously it affects you to all of us, but, and the guy that was like qualified for the NCAA, he's, uh, he still got another year of eligibility, so he can like still make it the next year, but it, it was like, it, it kind of like shocked the team a little bit. And you personally, I'm sure you mentioned you're you're getting ready to 
to go to the national championships back in the DR. Um, and those are suddenly thrown through a loop because you can't train, you can't prepare. Uh, I'm assuming the championships have been called off by now or at least postponed. Yeah, by yeah. Now. Um, <laughs> and so, so that had to be a little bit of a, of a loop for you personally as well. Um, so when they canceled the NCAA championship, we still could practice. Um, we managed to like really? stay, stay within the uh, to say the Utah policies against the uh, COVID nineteen, but it was like after a week or a week and a half that they decided to also cancel um, close the pool. So when sure. when they closed the pool, it was when I say like now what. <laughs> I need the ball to practice, but we just need to get creative right now and do what we can. Right. Well, it's, it's also especially important for you because um, you have already qualified for the Olympics for your national team. Is yeah. that correct? Can you, can you kind of walk me through, I guess, for those of us who don't know the qualification process, how you qualified to represent the Dominican Republic um, and maybe how excited you were to go to Tokyo and I guess maybe still are to go to Tokyo because they are just postponing these Olympics kind of thing. Yeah. So they have like, we have the, like to say that we're in international swimming federation. They save uh, uh, times for us to qualify. We have a B qualifying time and A qualifying time. So with the B qualifying time, it, it kind of lets the country decide whether they're taking this out, this swimmer or not. But with the A, A qualifying time, you have your ticket already, like for sure. So the one that I did in the last December was the B qualifying time. And it was like really it, it it was an amazing feeling when, when i did it like i was practicing really hard for it and I, I i was swimming really well in the during this season and in my mind was like yes i i can do it and i can do it and i just like um went out of the block and like full of confidence and just like swimming the, as fast as i could and I just when I hit the wall and look back to see the the board with the, the board with the time, I was like, "Man, I can't believe this!" Like, <laughs> I went that fast, and I I went like, I got out of the pool and just like tells my coach, like, "Hey, we did it!" So it was like really really good, good feeling. Was it a little bit more special for you because four years before, you had to you had to kind of pass on a potential Olympic birth um, in order to serve a mission for the church. Is that correct? Yes. Or you were, I don't know if you had formally qualified or not, but you were basically in line to go to the Olympics four years prior. Um, and you decided to serve a mission instead. Is that, is that correct? Am, am I messing up the story? Go ahead and correct me wherever. Okay. So that's basically correct. Um, 
back in 2014, at the end of the year, I I did the big qualifying time for uh, the Olympics in 2016 and the A qualifying time for the Pan American Games in 2015. So and and I'd keep like at at the beginning of the summer of 2015, I redid the times. So basically, like, um, I was like officially qualified with the B card for the Olympics in 2016. And but since I, I started to think more like more seriously about the mission, like when I was my last year of high school that I was thinking like, okay, this is my last year of high school. Like what am I going to do after I graduate? Like what's going to be next? And like, I, I knew that I was going to go on a mission, but the question here was when, like I was going to go to the mission, like after the Olympics or before. The Olympics and just like skip 2016 and prepare for Tokyo 2020. So it was like that. Um, I think I, I'll say like that was the the hardest decision to make. Like whether I was gonna do it like before the Olympics or um, after um, Rio in 2016. So after like a uh, a long time talking with my parents and other other people. I decided to like that it was best for me to go and as soon as I could instead of like waiting for after Rio 2016. And that's what I did. And um, it kind of it kind of was hard. Um, I needed I needed to go through knee surgery and that stuff, so it was kind of hard after my mission to like recover and get back in shape and be ready to qualify and everything. But I'll say it was a it was a nice journey to get like all the way to here to be able to qualify for the Olympics and preparing for that. This, this is probably a dumb or even a silly question, but I'm going to ask it anyways, um, just because of what I, I think the answer might be. But was there was there ever any part of you that regretted maybe not not trying to go for the Rio Olympics um, and instead going on a mission? Did you regret any part of that decision or or not? No, no, I don't regret anything. I, I think my my decision was good and. Everything I, I learned in my mission and all the things that happened there, and it made sure that it made sure to me that it was the right decision to make. So I have no regrets of skipping Rio 2016. Well, and that kind of sets up everything else going forward because you go on a mission and then you come home, you enroll at, at BYU. Um, you you know you're you're gonna swim for uh, a school that you've always wanted to go to um, here, and now you have another opportunity to go to the 2020 Olympics in Tokyo 
you have that qualified. Um, where were you when you found out that the games were being suspended at first indefinitely? And then I guess they, they pushed it to next summer. So, so summer of 2021, how did you kind of first find out that the games were being suspended and, and that whole process there? Uh, I don't remember if I was on campus or of my apartment, but like when I saw that the NCAA days were canceled, I was just like um, going through like Facebook and like all social media to like find out what the like what were the news in the Olympics, and they were like basically like updating every like every day. So. Um, when I found out the Olympics were postponed, it kind of felt like a relief because, like, of all these like uncertainty of like whether when the pool is gonna be open and if there's gonna be enough time to prepare and be ready for Olympics, and so that, that's what I said. Like, postponing the the Olympics was the best, like, the best choice, best idea they had because, like, we don't know when this is gonna. Like things are gonna get back to normal again, so I think like for me it was like okay, so they already made the decision, so now it's like it's my it's my time to like get ready, prepare, and be the like to be the best I can for the 2021 Olympics. Well, and even more so, I mean, this week the IOC came out and said that. Everybody who had already qualified, if you had your time and your standard in in whatever event, they were going to let that carry over to 2021. Was that a, even more of a relief to know that all of that hard work that you put in over the last three to four years also won't go to waste, that, that you still have those times, you still have those standards, you still have those those qualifications kind of thing? Was it even more of a relief? Um, so I basically... Because I I know I can go faster than what I did back in December, so yeah. I like it was like okay I, I it's like almost sure that I'm going like it's still part of the Olympic Committee of my country to decide whether I'm going or not, but I'm like okay that's good that my times are like are going to carry on, but I th- I know I can go faster so I, I like it doesn't matter. That's that's a lot of confidence. I like that. That's awesome. Um, you, you just have a little bit more time that you can put some time down on paper. And as soon as the pools are opening up, you you get that much more training time. And that's kind of the big thing, I think, with a lot of the swimmers, um, swimmers and track and field athletes in particular, was not necessarily like getting to the Olympics, but just just with everything shutting down, like how are you going to train and prepare and that sort of thing. So it I. I think that sense of relief was a pretty common sentiment. Like, did you talk to any other, I don't know, maybe Olympians from back home or just other Olympians that kind of felt sort of that same sense of relief about postponing the Olympics? Cause like I said, like that, that seems to be a pretty, pretty common feeling, I guess. Yeah. So I was talking to one of my friends. Um, she is also from my country. She qualified for, she also qualified for the Olympics, and um, she's a backstroker. And we we were talking, 
uh, we were like, man, I, I want, I want the Olympic, International Olympic Committee to have like, to make a decision like the soon as I can because, like, we we need to like, make plans. We need to like prepare a lot of stuff to like be able to go, and as soon as they came out with a, with that decision, we were like, okay, finally. So now we, we can plan everything. We can just like, um, have a goal that we can work like we can work towards because like with all this uncertainty it was like um yeah we, we were gonna keep practicing but we wasn't we weren't sure on whether the olympics were gonna be this summer or like next summer or they're gonna get canceled or something but now having like that decision made of like okay it's gonna be next year it was like for us it was like okay now we can plan for it now we can like make everything so i can work yeah and it was a lot easier to plan that i'm sure 100 just for you guys and and for your coaches and and for your federations and everything it's just easier to plan when you know you know it's it's still it's still there in 2021 as kind of the light at the end of the tunnel that gets you through if we're exactly. being honest a pretty tough time yeah 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 well Josue, we we haven't even touched on the fact that you're barely a sophomore i guess i guess we should start calling you a junior now because your sophomore season's over right um you're yeah basically yeah you're you're barely about to start your junior season and you already own two school records the 100 and the 200 breaststroke uh, at BYU, um, what what's left for you in your BYU career? Because you're getting ready for the Olympics. That's obviously a what could be a once in a lifetime event because you never really know in your athletic career. I mean, you've got two school records under your belt already. What's left for you in two seasons? I mean, what what do you have kind of left that, that you want to accomplish over the next two years in Provo? So for uh, next season is to. Um, qualify for the NCAAs, like for sure, to make the top 30. I was um, top, like 36, I think, 37. And I had a, I was a little bit sick in my last swim meet, so I was like, I know I could go faster, but that's, that's going to be it. But so next year, I, I know I'm going to, I'm going to be able to make it. So that's, that's going to be my first goal. And also we have some uh, relay times. That, um, I'll say as a sprint group, like the, the 200 freestyle relay and the 200 medley relay, we, we want to break those, those records too. So we're, we're working for that. So now, now so much more is just focus on the team. I mean, you've almost done as much as you can individually, and now you've got to get those those team records, whether it's on the medley side or just simply representing your team uh, at the NCAA championships, right? Yeah, yeah, that's right. Well, Josue, uh, thanks so much for joining me on uh, on the show for talking about your journey and your experience here, and uh, how uh, let's let's end on a little bit of a non swimming note. Um, can have you uh 
have you planned any travel to head back home to the DR? What are things like in the Dominican Republic? And and should we should we send our thoughts and prayers out to to your family and friends back there during the this uh, COVID nineteen pandemic? Um, what are what are things like over there? I guess that's that's the real question. So, I think things over there are a little bit complicated. Um, we kind of have the um, the death rate for the COVID nineteen is kind of like the the highest there in my country. I think we we are around the five percent. So. Um, like the, the the authorities can, are doing like basically the best they can, but um, it's kind of like hard to like control it with the facilities we have over there. So is the my family is okay? Like I'm, I've been blessed there; they're doing okay over there. But yeah, the people there are are having a little bit of a problem with everything that's going on. Well, we're glad to hear that your family's okay back there. We're glad that you're safe, even more so, uh, back here in Provo. And certainly our thoughts and prayers are with the people of the Dominican Republic, um, as well as as worldwide during this pandemic, but but certainly there with the people of the DR. Um, Wow, that's, yeah, that's, we're we're really glad you're safe, Josue, Um, and your, your family as well right now. Thanks so much for joining us on uh, on the show today, and uh, thanks for talking a little bit about your your experience and kind of your journey to BYU. And hey, good luck at the twenty twenty one. It's not very often you get to say an odd number for the Summer Olympics, but good luck at the twenty twenty one Summer Games in Tokyo. Thank you so much. <laughs>